and we're back. You know it. Episode 25. Yeah, man. 25. We've just seen Gods of Egypt. Gods of Egypt, man. <laughs> I can't. I'm. Oh, I've got immediate. You were very reluctant to well, watch it. Right. Let's. I'm going to preface this whole thing by saying that the way that we select the films for this podcast <laughs> stem from a list that I made, or I started making a couple of years ago. And uh, this list exists on the website Letterboxd. And as I first discovered that website, I, it was incredible seeing this wide library of films, you know, everything there. And I was learning so much about new directors and new, you know, actors that I loved. It showed their whole filmography and you could go through it in order of when it was released and everything. Yeah. So I was learning a lot. So I figured any film that piqued my interest, you know, I would add to this list. And it, right. it quickly grew. This list is currently, it's over 2,000 films. That's a lot of films. So that is kind of the foundation for this whole podcast. And we, we I we select these films every week. Martin picks a film from the list and that's what we go for. That's right, yeah. And Gods of Egypt, directed by Alex... It begins with a P. Alex Proyas came out in the year uh, 2016. 16? Yeah. It features Nicolaj Costa... Waldo, Gerard Butler, Brenton Thwaites, and Chad Mi Chadwick Brosman, among others. Yeah, um, that was the God of Wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Portraying ancient Egypt. And the kind <laughs> of general, a quick overview of the plot would be we're dealing with gods here, but we're also dealing with a, a mortal person called Beck who lives in ancient Egypt and Beck's lover Zaya is murdered and he basically needs, needs to defeat the god Set with the help of the god Horus to um, to bring his deceased lover back from the afterlife uh, before she goes beyond the veil to a point where she cannot return that's right that is the basic premise for the film. This large <laughs> build-up is required yeah. because I'm about to tell you <laughs> how I felt I about I can't wait. Well, I think before you, we get to that... You're very reluctant to watch it. I wasn't reluctant. I just simply understood what I was <laughs> strapping myself in for. Right, okay. Um, because I, I know why this film is on the list. It's because I'm interested in ancient Egypt yep. and the mysticism that comes along with that culture you know the, mm -hmm. the gods and how that connects with greek mythology and sumerian mythology and all the various different variations of mysticism that existed in the ancient world so that's why it's on the list not many films show ancient egypt if you're going to show ancient egypt if you're going to show any ancient civilization you've got to go whole hog with the whole thing you can't <laughs> it can't be what do you mean well i mean whole hog we don't know much about these civilizations mm -hmm. so a large amount of artistic uh 
leverage is given to a director that is attempting to take on an Egyptian film because you have to fill in gaps. You have to paint how you'd imagine it would look because we yeah. don't know how yeah. it would look. So every not, no. film that's about ancient Egypt or any ancient civilization is very unique because you have to... If you're going to make like a two-hour film, you know, it's got to be like detailed and the world has got to feel like this place that... Uh, existed or like you've got to convince the viewer that the world is real you know and worth yeah. living in so that's what i mean by a whole hog like you can't do a, a, a small budget ancient egyptian film unless it's set entirely inside a pyramid or something like that yeah because you, you have to have these crazy shots of monuments and you know because the implication is that they were an advanced civilization. You know, if we're to believe how the pyramids were built, they at least knew how to build some wicked structures. So, right. So then, in your opinion, what did you think of the what the film looked like then? <laughs> the imagination and of the director and the yeah. world are right. I can get down with it. Like, yeah, okay. <laughs> I believe that the ancient Egyptians lived, you know, in a sophisticated manner um, compared to, say, the hunter-gatherers of the same era. I believe that they, you know, they could obviously put structures together. They obviously had a culture of sorts that appreciated archetypes and uh, their, even their language is incredibly visual, mm -hmm. you know, so you would expect their architecture and their buildings to be fantastic. And I believe that an attempt is made in this film to depict that. That's actually one of the points <laughs> of the film that I would say is the best thing this film has going for it is some of the shots without humans in that are just big shots of like landscapes. Pretty cool. You know, you think so? Yeah, to imagine yeah. yourself in ancient Egypt. And some of those shots aren't bad, like the establishing shots. What were the bad bits? Go on. Give me, give me some my down beef, votes. My beef with this... Why is your beef? My beef with this film is that, as I say, if you're going to tackle this topic, you need to go in whole hog with it. <laughs> And right. this film took a inclination towards the physicality of phenomena. That's my beef. And what I mean by that statement, I'll break that down, Martin. Yeah, because I'm confused. Yeah. Huh? So inclination means a want to go towards. Right. This film had a want to go towards the physical aspects of ancient Egyptian culture. So you know, the journey to the afterlife, which is a huge part of ancient Egyptian culture, like the, the Book of the Dead, the pyramid, these, the pyramids themselves were built to provide pharaohs a space to reach the afterworld. Really important part of ancient yeah. Egyptian fucking, of the, their civilization. This film just went with the straight up, like, person transports to an actual world where, like, a dog... Anubis, the Anubis god, which is the, the dog-headed yeah. god, walks you along a path. It was all taken from... Through the nine gates. Through the nine gates and all of this. It was quite um, faithful 
in its knowledge of ancient Egyptian scripture and stories, but the way it presented them was entirely from a physical... The, the whole point of ancient Egyptian mysticism is the focus on the soul, the non-human, you okay. know. The, the whole point of a god, the whole point of a soul, and the whole point of like a a journey to somewhere other is that it is not what we know currently. If that makes sense, yeah? So like, yeah. You go into the afterworld... And this is why it's really difficult to present this stuff on film. And it's not something, you know, you can't make fun of like a filmmaker that decides to take on a challenge like this because I don't know how I'd attempt this. I don't, to, to depict things such as gods and ancient, there's not a film that's done it yet where, you know, Prometheus would be an example of a film where they attempt to well they they attempt to portray directed panspermia which is francis crick the man who came up with the idea of dna shortly after coming up with the concept of dna he came up with the idea that dna is so different to any other cell in the body that it must be intelligently designed because it it is just unique it yeah. shoots information around the body which is not something any of the other cells do. Um, and it that information tells us how we look and how we age and how we talk and all this crazy mm-hmm. shit that can't... Okay. His answer to that was that it must be intelligently designed. It must be a machine. DNA must be this thing. And the face that you give me now is the <laughs> face that everyone in his scientific yeah, circle um... gave him when he came up with that idea. He came up with the idea of the DNA thing looking like it looked. He woke up and he saw it in a dream. And that's what the... And that is why, why we know what DNA is. Yeah. And the, the fact that it looks like the helix thing. You know, like the, yeah. the, the way that we've seen DNA portrayed came from a dream. And then the next thing he said is that it must... This is so unique and so different to anything else that's happening inside the human body that it must be have been added because no other animal has DNA like human DNA. And Prometheus takes this concept, direct. That's that concept is called directed panspermia. Panspermia is the idea that an animal evolves like monkeys into humans. Because of DNA. Well, directed applies, implies that this has been triggered by an outside force. Yeah. Directed yeah, okay. panspermia. So Prometheus is basically a film that shows directed panspermia, like a race at the beginning of the film affecting the human DNA. Have you seen Prometheus? Yeah, I have, yeah. The, one of them, um, the creators, the architects, sacrificing themselves at the beginning, yeah. don't they, yeah, yeah, in yeah. the lake? Yeah, so that triggers directed panspermia and that triggers the human race. And then that film is humans reverse engineering that process and working out who created them. Crazy concept. I mean, yeah, it's the film is fucking crazy. Crazy concept. Mm-hmm. I, I love that they try and tackle it, <laughs> but I don't think it's done in a way because, and it's because we don't understand it as a human race, and that's right. we don't understand ancient Egypt as 
We don't understand a lot. We're still so, discovering stuff yeah. about ancient Egypt. So any attempt to portray ancient Egypt on screen is going to have a large amount of artistic, the guy that wrote it, filling in gaps with what he thinks should go there. Yeah. And that is kind of the downfall of this film. I mean, on paper, this film's harmless. Like, it's like, uh, did you watch Spy Kids? Yeah, I did, yeah. As a kid, that's what this film reminded me of. Really? Why? Why Spy Kids? Because Spy Kids was like, on paper, it's nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. But (laughs) And the way the CGI and just the the special effects in it, especially looking back, is just atrocious. You don't like them? No, 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 but I love them. Special effects can be atrocious and I still love a film. You know what I mean? Like, right, it, okay. It, it depends what we're talking about. If the film is trying to be really serious and immerse you in the world that it's creating, then bad CGI is going to look... It's like when someone is trying to be really serious and convince you of something, but you find it funny, and there's no way that you're taking it seriously. Yeah. That's how it comes across when a film's trying to be really serious. But this film... What kept making me laugh about this film is that the comedy, the script, the writing of the characters was all over the place, man. That was like dead, all these really dramatic points where the the film seemed to be preoccupied with looking cool a lot of the time, like having these badass moments. Right, yeah, well, where a the battles and... A battle or where a character says something and it's this, like, Terminator, I'll be back style line. And then, <laughs> you know, like a someone gets stabbed or something like that. Big moments. But they were, like, cut in and so close next to these moments of humour. And it was, like, so jarring. I was like, oh, in the middle of this big battle between Horus and Set the gods, he cracks a joke or that the Beck character, which is meant to be the relatable main character of the whole thing that yeah. you're meant to cling on to, he he's like this godly idiot because like there's, he, the whole point of the film is that he's like, ooh, I'm unconfident and a bit of an idiot. And by the end of the film, he kind of like is accepted as a god by the gods, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then there's points when he does incredible shit, like when he robs... Uh, Horace's eye, first eye yeah. from the temple there's this bit where all these statues come into play and he's doing Matrix shit like Neo <laughs> like full on it's a, it's a great scene dodging all the blades but then instantly the minute he lands from it he's like ooh like he was like Shrek you know what I mean like he was like oh I nearly didn't make that but it was wicked what he just did <laughs> it didn't make any sense I was like is this guy an idiot or is he a god Maybe he's just lucky. I mean, I suppose so. I mean, if that... I, I, It got me thinking about that towards the end. I was like, it's the point of this film to blur the line between humans and gods because to consider that gods would be preoccupied with... So much of this film was about gods wanting, like, revenge and gods wanting redemption and all these human matters. And the whole point of a god... They were act- gods were acting like kings in this film. Yeah, yeah. And, I mean, that's what they really were. But the whole point of a god is that it's other from human. So they act in a manner that's like above our capacity. Yeah, they, sh- yeah, they shouldn't be like, they should all be all eternal anyway. Yeah, They're and they gods, shouldn't worry know? with the physical side yeah. of things. Phys- yeah, physical matters. Like, oh, I'm a god. I'm, like, I'm all powerful. What? 
what do I need from a human? Why do I care? Yeah, and it was all very dramatic surrounding why the do physicality I, of yeah. it. Yeah, why do I need humans just to worship me for no reason? What does that... I get it if there was some sort of like... Have you ever you haven't seen, but like American gods, the more prayers you have for a certain god, the more powerful that god is. So if it was sort of like that, you could sort of be like, oh, okay, cool. That's why he wants so many people to worship him. I mean, but it wasn't. It was more of a like, a, I'm a almighty god. He will serve me forever, and they they can die. So I'm like, what? Yeah, and I, I've spoke. Um, about this before, I think, on the podcast, but Egyptians had this concept of car, K-A. Car. And the amount of car you had corresponded to how you carried on living after you died. So the pharaohs would try and extend their car by having the people build huge statues of them. So when they died, the memory lives on. Yeah. And that would be seen as having a large amount of car. Yeah. And you're meant to in your living... Yeah, in your living life, you're meant to try and make the most. So, like, any popular musician or actor today would be considered to have a large amount of car because Mm -hmm. of how well-known they are around the globe. This film, when it came to the afterlife and the judging of one's soul, did correctly kind of say that there's this kind of uh, point where you're asked for an offering... Yeah. By yeah. deities of the other side. But it focused again on the physicality of the whole thing. It was like, oh, you need an actual bracelet or like a gold chain or mm-hmm. something to put on the scales. Mm-hmm. And that's because of the, the guard set. Before it wasn't like that. It was obviously supposed to be like if you were good, mm. you um you go into the afterlife. Everyone's invited, like the um Osiris said. Mm. But, but then the, what because Set killed Osiris and became the king and then um set that rule, everyone has to give gold. So the idea of I mean there is if you read like the Old Testament, the God that is presented in that book compared to the New Testament mm-hmm. is known as the jealous God. The God of the Old Testament seems incredibly preoccupied with people not worshipping other gods. You must only worship me. Yeah. And he's if the humans do something that doesn't correspond with what he told them to do, he comes down and burns one of them or like something crazy like that. Yeah. Whereas in the New Testament, God's kind of this thing that people talk about and he doesn't come down and tell people off sort of thing. It just... So the idea of God's dealing with human affairs and human emotions and being jealous and succumbing to base emotions like that isn't something that instantly makes me be like, this is a bad film or something like that. Um, it just, I would say my main issue with this film is that it was using otherworldly paint and costumes to tell a strictly human story. And that... So they were using gods and it being in Egypt to... To tell a story that could be told in in a medieval setting yeah. or a futuristic setting or any set, setting. 
So I don't know. My overall point would be like people shouldn't make films about these time periods until either you're going to like actually do the full level of homework required to make a film as such, which would require... I understand the challenges that that requires because you'd need to... <clears throat> Rich, one of our good friends, walked in as we were filming and um, asked if this was shot in Egypt. And there are numerous points in this film when you can tell that this film is not shot. It doesn't matter where this film is shot. It was shot in a studio behind a green screen. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Because the professional lighting makes it incredibly apparent that the whole thing was shot be mm -hmm. <clears throat> behind a green screen because everything is way too bright. The The characters are way too bright and the foregrounds are way too dark and the lighting sources sometimes are even coming from like not where the sun would be, mm -hmm. which is like crazy immersion breaking. And there was also a bit where I think the goddess Isis extended her wings and Set was holding her wings as she flew out a window. Yeah. And the way, it was almost masterful, man. I couldn't believe it. The way that they angled shots so they wouldn't show his hand holding onto the wing was f incredible. It was masterful. Just Why? Because they couldn't afford to... The wings weren't real. So Gerard Butler was holding on to something, like a big structure probably. But obviously that's going to look like janky if you like you film like a close-up of it or something yeah, yeah, like yeah. that. So you need all these shots that like kind of show it where it looks like he's holding on to the wing. But the way that they got around that is I think there were real wings from certain, the real close-up shots where they're like real close-up. I think there were some real wings. Mm -hmm. But then for the bigger shots where you see all of the wings in his whole body, they were CGI'd. And it was just this fever dream of cgi and practical <laughs> effects it, it was bonkers man it's like people were angry about the star wars prequels when they came out in the yeah. early 2000s because the original the cgi yeah the originals used all practical effects whereas he cgi'd a lot of the modern stuff but they look like da vinci works compared to this film this film is like, which I wouldn't care about how a film looks if the story was like this real f thing that needed to be told. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's not. <laughs> <laughs> it's a story that could be told in any time setting. So then that leads me to why the hell is this in ancient Egypt and why are you concerned in Horus and Set and Osiris and all these names and, and all of that? Look... Who knows why he wanted to do that? Alex Proyas. Well, let me just take a glance what else this man has made. I mean, it does intrigue me, the the want to make a film like this. and Because it's the sort of topic that I would like to consider if I was to ever make a film. But how I would go about it and not end up with an end product like this. Now, that's difficult. See, this stupid iRobot... I Okay. You've seen iRobot? Yeah. It's not a bad film. I like iRobot. Who we got? Who is it? It's Big Brogan Finnegan coming into the room. Look <laughs> at him trying to sneak in like no one knows. Um, and no then, one knows. <laughs> he also made a film called Dark City. What's wrong with iRobot? I like iRobot. That's what I mean. This do, I, 
when you probably watching my reactions to watching this film and thinking, yeah. oh God, he hates this film. Or, I don't think you hate it, just don't. Or whatever. You didn't enjoy it very much, you could see. Well, I paid attention to it and as you know, I, I reeled off the story at the beginning. I understood what the film was about and everything yeah. like that, but there was just some irredeemable qualities that I've, you know, I've said that I don't, it looked bad, but I don't care about it looking bad if the story that it's telling is important, but the story it was telling wasn't important and could have been told in any Other setting. Mm -hmm. So why the hell did it need to be in this really difficult to create environment where everything needed to look because bad? It's like a need, snake eating its own tail. You man. need a preface. So this is like... Yeah, but he could have pricked 1920s New York and the film wouldn't have looked that dog shit. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> what I mean is you need a preface for, for filmmakers to go from. Like, now they know the, that the story that this guy did is not the way to go. He made iRobot and iRobot looks great. You know? iRobot... What happened? iRobot was one of the first films ever to be put onto Blu-ray. What do you that. think happened then? No, I didn't. I didn't know that. Well, it's not about what happened. I, Robot, and the story of this film are two... They're, they're like, on paper, both interesting stories. It's how I, Robot was possible to execute because the environments and the city, it was mainly a metropolitan environment. So it was easily creatable. Whereas all we have of the ancient Egyptian civilization is the pyramids and the Sphinx, which did not feature in this film, I might add. The, they did. No, I mean, the actual, they were never on site in Egypt in this film. It was all green screen. Oh, right. Like, what do you mean? Like, well, the Sphinx, Sphinx was... The Sphinx as a character was featured as yeah. the guardian of... Uh, Sets, sets uh, pyramid yeah but the the i mean they were never filming outside the great pyramid of giza no yeah it's all cgi done in a studio sort of thing yeah, but yeah. my point is if you were to go and film outside the great pyramid of giza it wouldn't look like this film look because it's a ruin like it, it it's impressive but it's we don't have much of the egyptian civilization to like to go and film. And that's why these films are really difficult to nail because you have to create a whole world, basically. We we have an idea of what the Egyptian civilization was like, but if, making a film like this is really hard because you have to build your impression of what the ancient Egyptians lived like, which is something that science and history is not. I quite nailed. enjoyed it. But I knew you'd enjoy it, mine, because... <laughs> That's not even. That's not a dig, and it's not a. It's not a negative thing at all. It. It was a very. It was a human story. You know, I said it could have been told anyway. That could have yep. been a medieval story, or that could have been a. Nineteen twenty. It could have been anything, any type of story. But I you like. It. Human stories, you know, in the anime, that have over the top presentation. I do, and really, that's anime. That's you know, uh, a lot of anime is real simple stories just presented with really over-the-top exposition and, like, the way that it's dressed up is just incredibly over-the-top, which isn't a bad thing at all. Um, what did you think of it? Give me, give me some thoughts. I mean, the story is 
wholesome. He overcomes this demon he has. And instead of... Uh, Kick. Kak? What was his name? Beck. 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 Yeah, <laughs> no, Beck. not him. Horace. Ah, oh, Horace overcomes yeah. the being blind thing and being the lower brother of the two. He, no, because Horace was the... Brother of Set. No. That was Osiris. Osiris is the brother of Set. Uh, isn't Osiris the father of the two? No, that's Ra. Ra's the father of the Ra two. Ra is the father of the two. Set and o uh, Osiris are the brothers. And Horus is uh, o uh, Osiris's son. Okay. <laughs> anyway. It doesn't like matter, but yeah. <laughs> You're the one that's... that's that doesn't know about it, so I'm telling you. Mm. I'm not like trying to lie to you here. But anyway, that he's uh he overcame this like difficult thinking that all he wanted was revenge. And instead he realized that to really be powerful, he doesn't need revenge. And it was a wholesome story. And I, I enjoyed that. That's all I gotta say. That was your take on the... That was so the, you identified with Horace? Yeah. Out of not, not Beck, because I think Beck was like made out to be the relatable main character. I mean, he was more like needed than it being the main character, I guess. I know that it's like to do with like trying to save his beloved, beloved but... I need to see the best film. Oh, hell. This guy directed Knowing. Oh, really? Which is that film With... where we all watched it. I watched it separately to you. Um, Nicolas Cage? Yeah, it? Nicolas Cage. And it's about him deciphering a code of numbers that makes its way to him that predicts disasters around the world. Yeah. Um, it's written by a little girl. Yeah, and it's kind of based on Ezekiel's vision of the wheel um, from the Bible. Which tells me that Alex Proyas, as a director, has a load of concepts that like, I'm really interested in. And he's had the bollocks to... Make films out of Attempt them. to make films out <laughs> Attempt. Of well, right. no, no, attempt to depict them. Because it's right, difficult. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, if Ezekiel's vision of the wheel in the Bible is crazy important because every single version of when a person meets God in the Bible before that, it's like the big guy talking sort yeah. of thing. Then Ezekiel's vision is a wheel that flies through the sky and lands in front of him and something gets out of the wheel and speaks to him then gets back in the wheel, which becomes a lot similar to... Uh, you know, some of, these, some of these flying disc reports that you hear yeah. about. And then what's even cooler is Ezekiel goes to the village, the nearest village, his local city, and tells all the holy men, oh, I've just spoke to God. And they all tell him, you're a fool and you're, you're, you're seeing things and you're crazy and all of that, which is just how, like, UFO people get dealt with in today's society. Yeah. So yeah. it's... I, f I feel like it's getting less and less... Um, like that because yeah, I mean the amount of stuff that has been released by the 
the government. Over the past couple of years. Yeah. We spoke about it in the ufology episodes when we did Men in Black and whatnot. Um, but yeah, I think it's an exciting time to be making films of this nature. And obviously this Gods of Egypt is a 2016 film. Um, so it's a few years ago, maybe before some of these recent sightings have been out in the media but it's an exciting time to be making films of this nature because we as a race are actually discovering more and more about this topic which allows us to make more creative films about about these ideas of course and yeah. stuff like that so it i would never write a director's alex proyas off based upon these films that he's made because i'm actually like well excited about the concepts that he makes films about it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. the way that yeah. they come out that leaves stuff leaves something to be desired <laughs> but but who am i who are we you know to what to to be commenting yeah to yeah. judge and yeah. that's just if i that's would, why uh, i'm just giving my opinion for it was a wholesome film uh it was too fucking long yeah. alex <laughs> do you think it was too long yeah man that Why? did not need to be a two hour film it did not they I explained looked, a lot I looked at 50 minutes in and I was like yeah this is wrapping up and we were 50 minutes in and I was like oh no we got another hour bro we're not even halfway through nope nope but I could like get a, through I could get through that it could have been hour and 20 and that would have been cool maybe What? what do you think they could have cut that whole snake scene at the temple where it burnt itself and Isis used her eyes. It set up Isis's character and her ability to be able to make animals do whatever it wanted, but it just was too focused on looking cool and being badass. Is that her name, Isis? Isis, the goddess, yeah. Weird ass name. You mean because of the terrorist group? That's an interesting conversation, but it's not one I think we should have right no, now. No, no. Because there is connection between the goddess and the group. They use the imagery and it's a whole thing. Oh, really? Yeah, because ultimately Egypt is an Arab land and the, there's a lot of crossover between the gods and the culture and all I'll of that. I see. So, yeah, there is a connection between all of that. But the Isis got it. I think uh, this film could have been like crazy trimmed down to... So that whole scene, you would have just been like, nah, done. Well, if, if we're talking about editing this film, Martin, I would have just damn. done the whole thing differently. <laughs> like, basically. Like, yeah. I, I, from 10 minutes in, that whole scene where um, Set kills his brother. Osiris. Osiris. The way that that whole thing was presented just made me ill. The crowds See. and the to present an Egyptian Colosseum and palaces mm -hmm. with such little detail and kind of if you're going to present a world as grand as the ancient Egyptian one, you've got to like make you know it, we just watched Arrival. Right. Yeah. You know when they walked into the room where they could see the aliens through the glass wall for the first time and there was that yeah. crazy long shot and you could see like the whole room. That, I when I saw that in Arrival, I was like, shit, that's Kubrickian. That looks like a Kubrick shot. Because he was real good at doing these shots where it would really make the scale 
of something be known. So we've not watched them, but like Kubrick's got like a film called Spartacus, which is set in a similar era to Gods of Egypt in the Roman Empire. Mm-hmm. And that's right. That's his like least favorite film, but it's still incredible because it's got all these crazy long shots of the desert and that make you feel like you're in um, ancient Rome. And we we didn't do this for the podcast, but we watched Life of Brian the other day, didn't we? Yeah. And there were lots of cool, you've got to admit, that looked legit. Like it looked like they were in biblical times with the buildings. Yeah, yeah, Not yeah. with the women, men dressed as women and like yeah, the characters yeah. and stuff like that, yeah, but the yeah. actual environments, because they were, they were out in the desert. This, I never got that desert vibe. <laughs> one. Like, you know, no, everything. There was no sand. Through. There was sand, but I didn't feel that getting sand between you. T- I hate sand. You got, you got a lot of uh, energy for this topic of film. Bro. Well, I do because I guess when you see something done in a way that you wouldn't do it, it gets you excited to talk about how you would do it, I suppose. Yeah, but then it just <laughs> defeats the 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 purpose of the film because if you would if you would do if you would have done it differently, it would have been a completely different film. I mean, it would have, and I wonder how I mean, I'm just looking here. I knew this film, not that this matters and not that this affects how I see a film. Mm-hmm. I, I prefer not to know how it's been critically reviewed before I watch it. But yeah. even if I do watch it knowing, it's something I bear in mind, but there's loads of films that I enjoy that have been like critically panned. So, and normally they're reappraised after a period of time. Mm-hmm. The, th- the things that I'd like that are panned this... I'm just um so this this film was panned absolutely fucking ripped apart by critics when it came out. And he Alex Proyas responded saying he called critics diseased vultures pecking at the bones of a dying carcass who were trying to peck to get to the rhythm of the consensus. I applaud any filmgoer who values their own opinion enough not to base it on what the pack mentality says is good and bad which is a statement I ultimately agree on. And if I was in a room with Mr. Proyas, I'd talk at length about the difficulties of displaying ancient Egypt on a screen. And I'm sure that, you know, that I could empathize with his frustration sort of thing. I would be interested to know what his basis on ancient Egyptian mythology was and how interested he was in actually like reading the ancient texts and stuff like that and what his reason was for making this film. It interests me, this film, hence why it's on the list. Did I enjoy it? Would I watch it again? No. Fair enough. Would you watch it again? This is my second time watching it. You've seen this film? I have. What is wrong? You are... I would have never let you watch this film. I would have never watched this film. I know film. you would have. I know you would You're have. That's why I did it. You're such a bad person. You're <laughs> why is that a bad person? A bad person. We were going to watch it anyway. Oh, all right? So don't God. give me that, okay? This is a complete waste of time, people. Why has it been... We were going to watch this... Anyway, I can't believe. So don't this. give me your bullshit. You have deceived me, like I sex. haven't deceived you at all. So you, you never asked me. You empathise with Horace. What? But you you would never be Horace. What do you mean? Because Horace is a good guy. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm not a god. So I wouldn't be able to sympathise with a god because I am not one. Well, there you have it, folks. He pulled the old switcheroo. There was no switcheroo. You never asked me if I've seen this film. You asked me to pick a film. Yeah, I picked it. The level and this is what happened. Of Adamant's. Well, uh, yeah, because you didn't. You only asked me to pick a film, so I did, and that's what happened. You never asked me if I've seen it before. The milk has been spilt. Yeah. The blood has been shed. And another episode <laughs> of It's Not That Deep, bro. Is I'm Just remember, it's not that deep, bro. Sick of you being horrible to films. It's not that deep. Chill out. Did I not just say that I would spend <laughs> You'll never see that again. Alex Pro, yes. Yeah. I wouldn't watch... I'm probably not going to watch Eraserhead ever again. Me I neither. love it. <laughs> Me neither. So just because I say I'm not going to watch something again doesn't mean that I don't love it. Fair enough. But you hate it. I didn't say that. <laughs> if you've taken that from the 41 minutes and 26 seconds and counting that we have been recording this podcast, then you need to severely listen to this shit when it comes out, man, because that's not what I've been saying. Not what I've been saying at all. <sighs> Never said you did. You just said it. You just said I hate it at 20... Yeah, that's my opinion. Your of opinion is I, I hated it, yeah. but I've stated how I feel. I, I get that, but... What you've stated to me sounds like you just hate it. I'm, I never said you said it. I'm so just saying anyone who's listening to this, it. hit Martin up once they listen to this podcast, if they get my vibe and what I'm saying about Alex Proyas's 2016 directorial conquest that is Gods of Egypt. And if you... Fair were, enough. Yeah, hit me up. And if you were just feeling the the story, you can hit me up letting me know. But thank you very much for listening. It's been a pleasure. It's As not always. that deep, bro. Episode 25 and counting. Peace. Voices when they're calling me Feelers, They don't call me on my phone Are they friends or are they enemies? That's why I'm afraid to be alone I could tell you thoughts of which they've given me so many I'm wonder if this music is my own We were never placed here of our own accord So why do we still question we're alone? I've had thoughts that would make you think Dreams that would make you scream Seeing things that would make you write Lines like the ones I sing Oh, I felt feelings Feelings And they would change what you believe in I'm still teething, teething Lights inside and we have only
forces when not calling me They don't call me on my phone Are they friends or are they enemies? That's why I'm afraid to be alone Oh, I could tell you thoughts of which they've given me I wonder if this music is my own See, we were never placed here of our own accord So why do we still question we're alone? Yes, I See, I got jot in my ear every day that I rise up Thoughts in my head and I can't make my mind up Dark forces everywhere, they must spread like a virus Babylon unaware that you can't stop the lion I got jaw in my ear every day that I rise up Thoughts in my head and I can't make my mind up Dark forces everywhere, they must spread like a virus Babylon unaware that you can't stop the lion You can't stop the lion, lion, lion I said you can't stop the lion, lion Lion, 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 lion,